This is your fearless commissioner, Tom Hart, side-by-side co-commissioner, Commodus. Together, this is the Champions Podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We got week 11. That's right. We didn't think we would get here. Week 11 of the KCLC. Getting ready for that this week. Week 10 in the books. We got Commissioner Tom here again this week. We're all set to go. How you doing, Tom? I'm I'm doing great. I have a secure place. I'm in in Seoul. City. Um, So I don't really need to care about... I really only have to talk about or care about my own matchup. So... So that's cool. That doesn't mean I'm going to be phoned in this podcast. Oh, hell no. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. I, I pour my, my blood, sweat, and tears in this podcast. But I'm, I'm just living the dream in uh, staying safe in good old Iowa. <clears throat> Kyle, how's it going in your neck of the woods? Doing good. Uh, trying to figure out what Thanksgiving looks like with all this COVID stuff happening right now. It, uh, things are not looking good in Wisconsin. I've got like five members right now with, of the family with COVID. So that's real fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I mean, I, I feel like I say this every month, but we just hit our peak now, or we just hit another peak. So yeah, it's just, you know, people suck. People need to step up. But regardless, how are you, Tom? I'm good. Um, what do you say? We got, we got a few announcements to get rolling through. Yeah. Garrett brought it, brought it up in the chat on Sunday. Um, me and him had actually spoken about it beforehand. We were planning to talk about it on the podcast last week, but we had that whole post office thing and that just, that ate up a lot of time and took out, that took all my emotion, all my energy out of my non-football, uh, life to bring up. That's my fault, yeah. but but it is uh, it is true that everyone plays one non-conference game, like one non-conference opponent twice. Um, and if you're doing the math at home, that also takes away from one of your in-conference teams. So you only, for instance, me and Kyle will play once, which is which is not cool because because we're both you know the top of our division, and you know it'd be nice to have another clash before the. And sadly, there's nothing we can do about that. Um, setting schedules is very, very, it's a very fragile puzzle to fit together. Uh, to schedule like cool week one and cool week 13 mashups. I end up running a bunch of simulations and I have to write a bunch of code to, and it usually takes me like, it, it's hours. Um, and it doesn't always come out pretty. So to do it in the middle of the season when I've only, when matchups are already locked in, and some people have already had their double ups with their non divisions, and there's nothing we can do about it. Thoughts, Kyle? Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like when you have an odd number of games a year, it's, it's just bound to happen that way. You know, it is what it is. I'm not too concerned with it. For me, the bigger thing is just make sure we get rivalries. We, we need those rivalries at least a little bit. And we get them. So it's like, yeah, some people will have a little bit of a, you know, uh, easier schedule, you know, all said and done. But that's just the way it is with fantasy sometimes. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that it's nothing new that the schedule determines so much more than your own. 
didn't change. That's always always been a thing in our league, right? Right. It's just it's the way it, it's always been. So, um, but yeah. Other than that, we did take a look at some, uh, you know, playoff scenarios and such this week. Um, biggest one, and we'll elaborate on it, you know, more later. Uh, Acosta cannot afford a single loss from here on out. If he does not win out, I, I, according to my own bracketology, he loses. So, there's that. And then between Patterson and Sir Luco for the last spots, Patterson currently is in the driver's seat because of a head-to-head matchup. Yeah, but they are both at, both at three wins, so they are, uh, they are clear ahead of Acosta there. and he, That's going to be the series to watch because you know, there's going to be a little bit of movement of the teams that have already pretty much clinched. Uh, but that's not going to be nearly as exciting as if we can get a all-chumps shit bowl or we can get a guaranteed relegation. You know, like We're getting one of those things. But which yeah. will it be? That'll be exciting to watch. Um, but before we, 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 we march into all football, I have one, one little story. This will be much quicker. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I assume you'll still, you remember. You remember Chip Hickman, uh, who's a yeah. linebacker coach? Uh, he got stabbed. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. He got stabbed by a student in like Mount Vernon or something. Um, yeah, my mom sold his wife from the basement or some shit. And I don't know how but my mom like texted me, hey, do you remember Coach Hickman? Like, yeah. Didn't really like him very much. Oh, well, he got stabbed by a student. Cool. Yeah, what? Uh, yeah, um, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that happened. I don't know. I don't know my mountain. Um. Uh, you know, culture very well. I don't know if it's a rough area, if stabbings are going to happen to administrators. But yeah, dude got stabbed. Apparently he's all right. Covering and the guy got arrested. But yeah, a knife came out and went came back in to flesh. That's all well, I know. I know I know nothing more. Um yeah, I I'm now frantically googling to see if I can find anything and can't find anything. Week ten, Kyle. We <laughs> had we had some we we had some interesting matchups. We had a real I think it's the game of the week. Um, we had you know a blowout here and there, and we had what seems to be a theme now. It's I I guess we can't call these bad performances when we have. Like a good chunk of the league that's like one thirty or less. Yeah, and I I feel like one forty is supposed to be our league average, but it but it, but like no one no one does that anymore. Yeah, it's really All like right, Kyle. Take us to our first matchup. Yeah, so let's go ahead. Let's talk about me versus Patterson, which was amongst the lowest for scoring of the week. Um, legitimately. There was not much I could do, just I was in a bad bind with bye weeks and players injured and whatnot. But the biggest thing for me was just like, oh, I had three receivers. Really, to me, four receivers were in a plus matchup. 
and uh, none of them really got above 16 points, which was disappointing. And then it's like, it sucks when your running back gets 100 yards and can't even break 10 points in fantasy. <laughs> so, like... Uh, uh, yeah, that's right, man. Yeah, I mean, no one was expecting the best week of you. Like you said, bye weeks really roughed you up hard in this, as well as... Um, uh, sorry, yeah. we, ha- we do have Patterson, who... Is that good? Can I is is one twenty six good now? I feel like that's not good. I mean, like it's it's very important. Patterson, like Patterson's beat what six? One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, like so. That's good. Yeah, like you know, he he he, we would have beat half the team this week. Yeah, more than likely he would have won. So this is thing. He got lucky to play someone. Who got you know destroyed by? Yes, I guess this is fine. Uh, Patterson should be happy though. I mean, again, like he beat a lot of teams this week. Um, again, he was this kept him out of the shit bowl. But it was nice to see Kareem Hunt getting 19 carries, 100 yards in a very low scoring game with an active Nick Chubb. You know. That 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 should be that should be you know at least a positive sign going forward that Patterson is not going to drop off with the return of Chubb. Other things I see is Claypool. He seems to be real up and down with Pittsburgh on you know whether he's hot or cold. Yeah. COVID week twenty one point. Uh, 21 points of Claypool, so pretty pretty happy there. Anything else you want to point out with Patterson? I do see a few disappointments in here, too, that you know he could have ran up the score a little bit on you. I think. Yeah, it was more just like, I don't know, with Patterson, he got lucky from a few things. He talked about Claypool. Claypool literally got a garbage-time touchdown that meant, like, nothing. And then Janu Smith got a one-yard rushing touchdown. So, I mean, like, that alone is, like, 15-ish points. Yeah. So it's, it's like that, and then Herbert, I believe, going into the fourth, had 12 points. I was okay with that up until, again, he also had... like So he was just big in garbage time. So that, plus mm-hmm. the fact that J.D. McKissick was part of that 55 passing attempt Alex Smith performance <laughs> with <laughs> no Antonio Gibson, you know, it's like... He had a couple of really good, uh, you know, pickups via you know, the waiver wire and stuff. So I'll give him credit. He did really well, and he got the win to keep alive. So good on you, Patterson, but not much really else to say. Yeah, the only thing that, you know, the DJ Metcalf, four and a half points. Yeah, not much else there. Let's head on over to Castro Acosta. Two two kind of lower tier teams, both desperate for a win. Um, as we talked about in the intro, Acosta can't have another loss, uh, which spoils kind of what's going on here because Acosta did not show up well this week whatsoever. Were there any bright points at all? I mean, uh, his, his dual tight ends were his best players. That's, that's cool. He got 26 points out of two tight ends. That's, that, that's better than Castro did. Um, not much else to, to kind of write home about. Top to bottom, we've got 
10 points or less with every non-tight end. And that, that gets a cost down to 75 points or so. On the other side, yeah. we have Castro. Anything to add over there? I mean, for me, the biggest thing was just like right away, Acosta got screwed with some of those bad weather games. It was, you know, the Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game was like a monsoon. And then the Cleveland-Houston uh, game had like 40-mile-an-hour winds, so there really wasn't any, you know, passing there either. So it's like right off the bat, it's like, you know, oh, all of my offensive players, yeah, they're kind of done. So that mixed with the fact that Drew Brees got knocked out relatively early and then the Titans got him zero to start the week. There was just like nothing going for Castro or for Acosta. And then Castro just got really lucky. He was able to get 25 and 18 out of Rodgers and Devante. Cause like, again, another bad weather game and they just looked awful that whole time. Right. But when you put up a score like 76, if you got two guys, who can kind of combine for over 20 each, basically, you know, you know, 40 some between them, you know, you're kind of golden. He just needs them to not suck too bad. And that's what he got. You know, if you get rid of the top two players on, on Patty's team, these guys kind of look the same, or what am I saying, Patty on Castro's team. If you get rid of Rogers, you get rid of Adams, you know, the next, Oh, I guess Mike Evans did really well with Tampa Bay. Uh, outs- oh, who am I kidding? Lamar Jackson had a great game. If you get rid of the top four teams, if you get rid of the top nine players, <laughs> both of their bottom guys are basically like this. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but I mean, again, like I think the bigger thing is, and we talked about this already, with such a low-scoring week in general, I mean, Castro is about league average for most of the league. So, I mean, it's hard to, you know, be too disappointed with it it's more i think just going forward he's got like without chris carson his running backs do not look promising no uh uh jonathan taylor's just seven carries in a big win um that should be a game good for him but no name hines on his bench had more carries more yards two touchdowns of course he's on his bench so he cannot pivot to that if that's the thing going forward, but that's still, that's, that's not helping, not helping at all. Right. So I mean, like in general, this one is kind of a nothing burger right off the bat. And according to um, kind of some sources, we were looking back, we think this might be the, one of the lowest uh, performances ever in the modern KCLC. Ooh, I, uh, if you want to talk extra long on our next matchup, I can I can look up the, the records. Actually, I sent you the records recently, so you might have double checked this already. But yeah, seventy six uh, was really fucking bad. Yeah, it's like basically for the years where you and I didn't go and fuck with the um, scoring formats, seventy six was the lowest. Oh God! <laughs> so it's like again, based off of what we know, this was at least the like the worse than like two or three years so not what you want to see from a team fighting for a playoff berth not good not good yeah yeah coming off maybe a record bad performance um and now he needs to win every game ever not looking good, <laughs> not looking good. 
Yeah, but um, okay, so let's go ahead and jump into the next one. Uh, this was a bad game all around. Um, well, for one of the teams, I should say, with Brian Wilson having a commanding 173 uh, against Carrots, measly 115. Michael Thomas not looking good. Travis Fulgram, who had been a top 12 wide receiver, I think, of the year up until last week, putting out a one-point game. Like, yeah, Garrett had, what, his quarterbacks do well? And then Big Booty Judy did okay. Like, yeah. Garrett really had nobody outside of his quarterbacks. And then, yeah. and then yeah. there's Wilson, who everybody fucking showed up. Plus, he has uh, Josh Allen throwing to Diggs all fucking day. Nearly 10 catches, nearly 100 yards, and a touchdown for Diggs. And, oh, my God, 38 rushing yards for your quarterback with a touchdown, a receiving touchdown, right? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I think it was just like it really like the the fact that it was kind of a big battle in yeah. Arizona with Buffalo like that really helped him in general. And again, it, I think it's more just from Garrett. He put so much capital into Michael Thomas, Derrick Henry, and, Al- and Aaron Jones to get sub 30 points from those three. Like, you're not going to win. Like, it's it's just not promising. So, we'll see how Michael Thomas does with, you know, the wild crab man throwing to him this week. Give it to me. (laughs) But outside of this one, it just really helps uh, Wilson out with kind of, I think if he wins this week, he might end up clinching uh, the division based off of a couple of other scenarios, but we'll get into that later. Which, you know, two-seater better. Pretty fucking good. All right, but yeah, let's wrap up that one. Wilson in a big one. He's been on a fucking roll lately. We we were kind of skeptical of his performance this week with whatever reason. I don't know. I made up some bullshit for uh, drama's sake on the pod, I think. I don't know. But, (laughs) Kyle... I do have the lowest performance in KCL history in front of me now. We'll start first. Do you remember who it was? Do you have a guess at least? Well, but can you give me a year? That might help. I believe it's 2016. Let me double check. Yes, 2016. Ooh. I'm guessing it was either like me or Castro. It was in the playoffs. Oh, God. This person is probably remembering this moment. Playoffs 2016, I believe. Yeah. What, say that again? Was it Joe? Oh, it was Joe. Joe dropped 62 in a, and I believe it was a first round playoff game. We got steamrolled by Patterson. Oh, God, Joe. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a bad one. Yeah. Yeah, it was real bad. All right, but let's go ahead and dump dump into a game that was close. <laughs> After just bringing Joe down memory lane, let's talk about Vince uh, versus Sir Luco, the Sir Gucho alarm rising up. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> you know what I just realized? So between Sir Luco and Patterson, both of them own they like they own the Washington and the Browns backfield. So one's got J.D. McKissick and Kareem Hunt, and the other has Nick Chubb and Antonio Gibson. 
Oh god. That I mean, those are those are winning football clubs, aren't they? I, I, yeah, I guess. It's just like it's none of them are I would say really sexy outside of Chubb, no. but yeah. Regardless, Alex can't be, you know, more happy to have Chubb back this week. He had a monster game, 126 yards, couple big popped off runs. Really helped pick up the slack for, you know, Marvin Williams, Eric Gibran, Joe Burrow. Uh, between him and Gibson, they they showed up, and nobody else really on the team did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Saluko still has got to be happy. Like we talked about, we talked about 126 earlier beat, like, six teams. Like, again, that sounds like a small number here in 125, but that's – I mean, that's fine. That's middle of the pack. That's That should get you a win you most weeks. And he sure got one. He sure beat Vince. This is two wins in a row now. Two-game winning streak for Sir Luco, like a bat out of hell, um, riding, you know, <laughs> coattails of Drew Locke, who uh, didn't exactly uh, meet up with his standards over the last few weeks. I want to double-check what he scored as of late. Um, but, yeah, 29 last week, 19 the week before against Las Vegas, Vince, which is <laughs> not a good defense, not a good pass defense, 6.98 points. But this game would not have even been close had it not been for the Hail Mary uh, for Hopkins. Oh, boy. I mean, that was, was what, like weird. a 40- or 50-yard touchdown there? So, I mean, that yeah. Alone, yeah, it was like 42. I think that alone was like 11, 12-point you know, play on that alone. So, it's like yeah. Sir Luca really had this one more so than Vince kept it close. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was just a little tease to, you know, the, the football gods were playing with Vince on Sunday and – they, they wanted to show a little bit of hope and then they to snatch it away from him. Sir Luco, of all people, pushing uh, Vince pretty much guaranteed out of the running for, you know, a home field advantage even in the first round. That four seed, which is kind of like best case scenario, I'd say, for Vince. Not looking good now. Not looking I will good, say, Vince, you're losing to Sir Luco. I will say, though, props on Vince for the play of the week and Cole Beasley. I think he might have ended up number one wide receiver last week. Like Fucking Buffalo. <laughs> so congrats on that, Vince. But uh, your team is spiraling out of control. Next yeah. up. again, he did have no. He, he, you know, Pat Mahomes on a bye is 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 not good. So you know, like he'll, he should be better. Should. Better than Baker Mayfield. That's a big difference. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but then that leads us to our last game of the week. And uh, Tom, this one was a little bit close to heart for you as you yeah. really edged out a win over Jeff. Right. I kind of didn't think there was a while where I really didn't think I was going to win, to be honest. Uh, but good old Kyle Murley, those, those afternoon games always – Oh, he always always seems to to catch me right up in that same that same Hail Mary just talking about. You know, I I reaped plenty of benefits out of that. Uh, you know, not as many points as Vince did, but take that play away and and I lose. I only won by by three points. A a forty yard touchdown is a hell of a lot more than three points, Kyle. So I I owe a lot. Um, I should probably start thinking where we are. It's a little bit of a tangent. We're thinking about baby names. Um, not <laughs> sure where we're going, 
but you know, there are, there are, there are, you know, there's about 15 options right now I'm looking at. Kyler's Kyler's in the running the way he's playing these days. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't know for me, the biggest thing, which is like, it's insane to me. Kyler Murray basically has better stats than Lamar Jackson did last year and not enough people are talking about it. Right. Like he's like the number 10, like running back alone. Like he's fucking ridiculous. Like, cause if you look at my roster, it's not that sexy. Right, like it doesn't look that good, but eight, eight and two, eight and two. Like, I mean, like it doesn't. It looks like a good roster. It looks like an above-average roster. Like, based on the eye test, it doesn't look like eight and two. But it's because fucking Kyler Murray's that damn good. Yeah, it's literally insane. But I'd be mean, like, congrats to you. Uh, what was the second highest score of the week? You're, you took, you know, sole place of first place for the league right now. We all know how important home field advantage is. So good on you for that. But uh, you can't sleep yet. Can't nope, nope, sleep nope. yet. But on the other hand, we've got Joe. We talked about how many times have we made a comment about so-and-so scored 120 points. And it's that's not that bad. Joe scored 153 and lost. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got a feeling that we're going to get quite the speech from Joe this year because of how many times he's lost close while having, like, the second or third highest score of the week. Like He's 5-5, five and five and he's he's third in points for. He's outscored you, right? Yeah, but I mean, he's like... pretty close to me, and, he's, and, I, and we're both kind of catching up with Wilson. Like, the three of us are the closest. And then yeah. he's five and five. <laughs> oh, poor, yeah, Joe. So... poor Joe. Don't score 62 points in the playoffs this year, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Watch. Here's the thing, though. Watch Joe get all of these points and then end up somehow getting relegated to the Chubbs division over Patterson. Who's gonna... There would be nothing better for me this whole year than that. So that's what I'm rooting for. But uh... That would be pure, pure cathartic release. <laughs> or for Joe to to complain about the the uh, the rules of the relegation and then be scorned by the exact thing he hates about it. Uh, oh God! This this league hard is... at the banquet. Should have fought hard at the banquet. You know, interpersonal skills are just as much about this, Joe, as your analytical skills and the game of it. You know, you got to make the rules work for you, Joe. <laughs> Oh yeah, this is the, all I can think about now. Oh. It's just how bad is Joe gonna be if that happens? Like, it's gonna be amazing. Anyway, so <laughs> let's let's end there for that for week ten. Um, week, you know, in the in between here, we had a couple of trades go off. Namely, uh, I traded for the Carolina backfield, giving up the Arizona. Oh, yeah, giving up the Arizona backfield plus Robert Woods. Um, yeah, interesting. You know, for me, it was pretty much, uh, while I do like Drake and think he's underrated, uh, Robert Woods right now is the number three receiver on that team. So I was like, what value can I get for his name? Cause he's getting out targeted by Josh Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. I think you got, yeah, you got name value on him. Cause he has been tanking as a player. I, tr- I wanted him early in the year cause I was really high on him, but that has changed. So so good. On, I guess 
I mean, I, I'm thinking you won this trade. You, you got <coughs> the back. The Carolina backfield did not look good this last kind of week and a half lately. But by playoff time, I think they'll be healthy and they'll be back to a workhorse one way or another, right? So I think that's a big – you've got a more a clear start in running back now. Um, and, you know, you lost a wide receiver, whatever. You can find another one in the waiver wire, right? Yeah. I mean, for me, again, like the biggest thing was I wanted somebody that had a great playoff schedule. And uh, I don't know if you know it, but you've got right now – or I have, I should say, a really soft Packers matchup in there with the, with the with you know the Carolina backfield. Mm-hmm. I am loving that as somebody who's watched running back after running back destroy the <laughs> Packers. Like, right. let, let me eat it all. Um, but yeah, and then you had a trade of your own this week, Tom. Want to talk about that for a real quick minute? I did. I also wanted to ditch some overrated wide receivers. Juju has actually he's performed well all year. Uh, I kind of think he's gotten uh, too many touchdowns, and I don't know. His lo- like he's he's just so hit and miss. Big Ben seems to either be in love with him or hate him, and I, I was just kind of done with it. Hopefully, done with it. He's been really efficient with all of his um, with all of his targeting, like his uh, like yards per air yard is is like one point two five, which is not very sustainable. Uh, same thing with Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk has been rising, so. I might have jumped the gun on ditching him um, as Kyler Murray just seems to continue to get better and better. Christian Kirk could be kind of a perfect kind of guy to like add to my variance if I really need some upside to kind of stack him with Kyler Murray. Yeah. But he's probably going to end up riding my bench anyway, so I wanted to get rid of him. And I need a quarterback because the drop-off after Dak has, has been hard. There's weeks when I can find a good fill-in. Like Daniel Jones was, was actually good this week, but I, I'm not trusting it long term. So I got me Ryan Tannehill, who I do like his playoff matchups pretty well as well. So, yeah, I was going to say he's got Jags and Detroit. So, really going to be hard to beat that unless they just, you know, decide to just, you know, feed Derrick Henry the ball, which is possible. Right. But, you know. yeah. Yeah. It's by no means a lock, but I think it's better than like, rotating through Nick Foles or Daniel Jones or whoever has the better matchup, you know? Yeah, but outside of that, not much else. Um, couple Waiver of wire the, was boring. Nothing crazy, right? Yeah, I was like, I had the biggest one with getting Damian Harris, and that was before oh, yeah. the McCaffrey stuff went through, so we'll see. He's kind of an insurance piece. I like the volume he's getting, but arguably not going to be a big player. Um, otherwise, Defenses are getting picked up as some of the teams with higher seeding are getting ready for playoffs. Yeah. But, um, yeah, otherwise, let's go ahead and we'll jump into week 11. So, spoiler alert, we're taping this. It's currently 740 on a Thursday. The uh, Seahawks game is uh, – Seahawks-Cardinal game is underway. I have it up on one of my three monitors right now. Uh, so, I can give a little bit of spoiler there. But, oh, shit. You know, Tom, which which matchup sticks out to you the most right now? Ooh, it sticks the most. Why would I start with the one? We don't we know we have to save that for the end, Kyle. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's get mine over with. I'm playing Patterson. Patterson is mostly in must-win territory. Am I right? Yeah. Because um, he, he's fighting off um, the, the fighting Salucos. 
the, the fighting for the coast. Yeah, no, uh, Patterson coming into this game relatively hot, having a couple of really good performances, and having extremely favorable matchups here. So like we said, we have the Seahawks-Arizona game, which is sure to be a shootout, which will benefit you and Kyler Murray, potentially. But he also has Justin Herbert going against the Jets, who are terrible. <laughs> and who knows? Like It's very possible Alex Smith throws another 50-plus passes against Cincinnati. Like That game just feels to me like both quarterbacks are going to have 50-plus, and the game is just going to drag on forever. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. And again, are we? Do we? If we want to get into spoilers, I mean, by the time people hear this, this game will be over. We do see now that you know Metcalf is is, is on his way to a decent game already. Uh, yeah. Why can't undo those points? <laughs> but um, really, the biggest thing is right now he has Joe Mixon slotted in. I there is like a 10% chance Joe Mixon plays. He is not practiced in like three and a half weeks. Every week it's like, oh, is it, you know, Gio? Is it, is it Mixon? And Mixon's not playing. We get it already. Like that's also just got to be frustrating as an owner. You'd love to put him in IR if you could. Yeah. But you have to, he's got to wait till Sunday to do it. And who's he going to pick up on Sunday? All the, all the good players will be, the players worth picking up will be picked up by them. Yeah, I mean, I will say the thing that probably benefits you the most out of that. So his one interesting thing is so Clyde Edwards Hilaire missed practice today, which in theory you would think like makes Le'Veon Bell a must start. The issue is, is they're not going to know the status of him until, you know, afternoon Thursday or afternoon Sunday. Like for sure. So he's got to gamble on Le'Veon Bell if he wants to go that route. Otherwise, he's probably stuck playing like Corey Davis who I would much rather have than a bell cow of Kissy. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, it's going to, he'll have, a, what's nice is he will have some information from Thursday night, whether he needs, needs to take a risk like Le'Veon Bell, or if say Kyler Murray struggles and uh, Metcalf goes off tonight, then maybe he, he'll be comfortable um, benching Bell uh, prematurely. So, you know, Patterson's got some flexibility. Like, he'll have a little bit of information. He can make an educated decision. He's usually a pretty savvy owner. That's for sure. Uh, but overall, I think this will be close. I do think he's got some solid matchups for the most part. I think I'll win, though. I'm not biased. I'm just, I just think I'm better. Yeah, I don't. I'm going Patterson all the way this week. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Kyle, let's go to your matchup. <laughs> yeah, so right now, Sleeper is refusing to like accurately give me my predictions. Like, Who are Gio- they inaccurate with? Gio Bonnie like, Bernard. With Gio, Bradley. yeah, Gio. No, looking good. Oh, so yeah, you've got some. So can we really trust you? If, if you're, you're picking against the Joe Mixon, or you're picking with the Joe Mixon owner, and picking with Gio, interesting. Yeah, so and then I, I went wild and was like, oh, fuck it. Let's go all in and play Carlos Hyde tonight, which he was projected to get four points. He's already at 2.8, so he's probably going to overperform. And really, all, all he needs is like one touchdown to do good. I don't know. Yeah, I, I really like it personally. But then again, like Garrett clearly, I think, has like the better running back talent. It's not even close. 
I could just have more favorable matchups because of uh, Davis going against Detroit versus both Henry and Jones running into kind of like a buzzsaw. Yeah, Baltimore and Indy for each of those are those are those are negative matchups, not exactly ideal. Um, he does. Calvin Balage is a, a host. They're hosting the Jets. The Chargers are hosting the Jets, so that's that's a decent matchup. That should. You know, Herbert should get a lead, and they should be able to run the ball pretty consistently. Um, and then, of course, you see um, a familiar friend of mine, uh, Kirk Cousins, is, yeah. is, is in there in a dome in Dallas. Early in the year, Dallas was really vulnerable to quarterbacks. I think that was partially because Dak pushed the pace so much. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I don't think they've been as porous of a defense in um, like accumulated numbers and rate stats, they might be about the same. I would expect, uh, but I haven't think they have been. It's not as great of a matchup, but I do have an interesting Minnesota, um, a little Minnesota offense. Fun fact. Go Did for it. Hear it. Yeah. Um, in terms of passing yards per pass play, where does Minnesota rank? Oh, I would imagine they're probably like top ten in the league, based off of number playing. Number one. Number one is that what you said? They are number one in yards per passing play in the whole NFL. Well, yeah, because it's like if you run it thirty times with Dalvin Cook, and then you run a play action, you're probably bombing it for twenty yards on average, right? Like that to me easily makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and of course they are 32nd in pass attempts. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they're they're kind of running like the, the Shanahan offense, which is just run the ball, control the game, and then when you pass, really rely on play action and movement. Yeah. And I love it. Like, as an impartial person, like, I love watching the Vikings play because they're just a fun team to watch. But God, yeah. Kirk Cousins against Dallas, like, should light it up, but I have zero confidence. No, like, it's just, uh, Kirk Cousins, like, you can't even, uh, like, there's just, like, a, a sour taste playing him. I played him a few times, and it was great every time. He was, like, 20-plus points for me. When I, like, I'd only play him, obviously, in good matchups. But still, like, he's, when, when he's good, he's been, he's been phenomenal this year, statistically. Yeah. Right? So, if, if this is one of those games, talked about Colin Balazs isn't a plus matchup, uh, Gronk, Gronk had, I think, one of his best games of the year last year. We see him in the starting lineup, which is kind of exciting, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for, really the bigger thing, though, was this game's coming down to Monday night regardless because I have three players and he has one because I have Brown, Godwin, and Cup. So if that game's a shootout, like just passes all over the place, which it could be, but it also might just be like both Brady and uh, Goff are terrible because they both suck under pass rushes. But yeah. if it's a shootout, I'd stand to benefit. If it's not a shootout, I'm going to get destroyed. So, <laughs> I, like either way, I just don't think this game is close. I think one of us wins in a blowout because it's like Garrett has really bad matchups for his running backs. I have worse running backs. I have so much riding on one game. He does not. So it's like, yeah. 
yeah, this game means a lot, like for standings wise, because Garrett can still catch me um, in the standings. I I think I'm gonna do better than my current 123 point projection, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I do think you'll do better. I, I and I I just agree with you overall that there's just a lot of interesting stuff going on here. Like Michael Thomas hasn't had a great anything this year, but. No. Versus Atlanta, Jameis Winston showing up. Is, is, is that the formula? Is that how we get good Michael Thomas performances? <laughs> is, this could, it, could, it could just click. I don't know. I, I believe in Jameis Winston for, uh, for the wide receiver. Not the offense as a whole. You know, Jameis has said he often – he often needs an interception or two to kind of like really feel the game. You know, like a linebacker, you need that first pop, that first hit to really kind of wake you up. Jameis, he he needs to throw an interception to kind of kind of feel like it's really Sunday. So, you know, Jameis might not look good, but Michael Thomas, I think, will have a fine stat line, and that's why I am picking. I'm putting all my money on Michael Thomas showing up. Quite a <laughs> What a reliable guy to depend on here. Side by side, Jameis taking down Vanderpump Rules. Yeah, I'm picking Garrett just as uh, again. I've liked his team the most all year. I, I I'm I'm abandoning the regular season for the playoffs. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah. So outside of that, before we move on to our next game, big play alert: uh, DK Metcalf. Uh, just got like a maybe 30-yard catch if it stays in bounds. But there's a flag, so we'll see. Also, Kyler Murray already banged up, so not great for Tom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if Kyler goes down, you know, this this is – this pot will turn real dark real quick. Luckily, we already talked about my matchup, so I can't bend. Yeah, so let's talk That's where I get the most emotional. Where are we going next? For me, we're going real simple. We're going Joe Acosta. For me, this game's a no-brainer. Um, this should be a slam dunk. Angry Joe, violent Joe Acosta <laughs> coming off historic, near-historic, abysmal scoring. Joe, top three scorer last week. Have these rosters changed so much? Has the matchups changed so much that – what was like an 80-point difference between these two teams? Is it going to change? We already know Russell Wilson is doing well if DK Metcalf is doing well. Alvin Kamara is going is going to be so huge, I imagine, versus Atlanta. Um, I'm guessing they might – well, it's Jameis, but I imagine they're not as comfortable passing the ball as they are with, you know, probably Hall of Famer Drew Brees. So if they are leading onto the run game, uh, I would be happy if I was Joe owning Alvin Kamara. So that's another plus matchup. Yeah. On the other side, what do you think about what do you think about Acosta's game? I, I do like some of his matchups quite a bit. I do like James Conner against Jacksonville quite a bit this week. I just think in general they're probably going to try to just run that game and and not like they'll come out to an early lead and not worry about it. Outside of that, though. I don't feel really good about Jameis this week. I could be very, very wrong. <laughs> but um, yeah. one thing is, though, is I don't think Jameis is the type to dump off to his you know, running back. 
he, you know, he has an arm. That's not a noodle, unlike uh, one Drew Brees. True, true. So it's like, I do think there's a big potential for Kamara to suffer while Jameis can thrive against Atlanta's poor secondary. But it's yeah. like, you know, in general, I, I, it's like, I like some of the matchups on Acosta's team this week. Again, he's in a must win. I don't think, you know, Kenyon Drake's going to, like, blow up. I don't necessarily think Devontae Parker's blowing up. I don't think Robert Woods, Mark Andrews, or Jarvis Landry are blowing up. Yeah, just list all the guys you traded to him. Yeah, it's just like I you list all the people there that it's like, okay, all these, like you need some of these people to step up. Who's going to step up and have an above-average week to beat down Joe's average performance? And I just don't see it. Yeah, nowhere. So... Joe, I think, wins this one pretty handily and gets to six wins and continues to climb kind of in the standings, but we'll we'll see how that ends up. Yep. I'm there. I'm there with you. Russell Wilson in a big one. Yeah. So which one do you want to talk about here next time? Let's say let's, let's go with let's go with an exciting chumps division matchup. We got Fresh Prince of Hilaire versus the COVID Killers. We got Wilson versus Vince. Always a heated matchup. Always plenty of trash talk between these two. Plenty of uh, grunting and um, chest puffing. I don't know, whatever those those people do. Um, <laughs> should, be, should be a high-score game. Top, the, pretty much uh, the top two teams, I think, well, record-wise, I guess it's Oh, really? Huh, again, just looking at, you know, I mean, I don't know what the tiebreaker is between Vince and Castro, but I guess Castro might be second in that division. Huh. Either way, either way, Vince is Vince to get second in that division. He needs a win here because, you know, Castro will talk about, you know, playing Struco, so that should – that's a, that's a very winnable game in general. We'll see the mat, how we talk about the matchup. So Vince must win situation, whereas Wilson is kind of in this comfortable no man's land. Um, you know, if he wants to chase after that one seed, he, he needs to win more game than I do. Um, when with just like three games left, that's going to be tough. Yeah. Um, and he can't really get lower than a two seed. So it'll be interesting going forward if we see him making decisions with trades and waivers to be more to look more towards the playoffs. Haven't seen much of that yet because he does have such a stacked roster. He's got bench worth trading, but this will be a test where we get to see him finally benching uh, Josh Allen due to buys. Yeah, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Yeah, both are yeah. Wrong. Yeah, that's big. Now he's got he does have Matt Ryan. Quality quarterback to fill in at New Orleans, a dome. Um, that should be a good matchup, I imagine. Um, in a dome, Matt Ryan's usually good in a dome, and um, I'm guessing they'll be playing from behind. I don't know. Atlanta's just not good at all, so they lose lots, right? I don't know what I'm talking about here. <laughs> well, Dalvin one... Cook, though, Dalvin Cook will be solid versus Dallas. Um, I'm expecting a lead there. I'm expecting lots of carries. And, you know, that offensive line will just open up a shit ton for him. What do you think, Kyle? One thing to watch, there's a lot of people on Wilson's team right now that are not practicing today. 
So DeAndre Swift, T. Higgins, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, none of them practiced today. Uh, so couple of that with the fact he's already got those two people on by, you could still see you could still see Ronald Jones and Todd Gurley in here, which I would think yeah. would you know impact him a lot. Um, yeah, if he starts digging to his bench, yeah, he's going to have a real drop off because they're because I mean he still is forcing Marvin Jones in there on most weeks. If he has to dig even lower than that, is it's going to give a little bit of an opportunity for Vince. I mean, for me, it's not much of one. So, currently, <laughs> here's the thing. So, right now, we're at the end of the first. Uh, right now, two of Vince's players have zero points. So, that is one DeAndre Hopkins and one uh, Christian Kirk. Zero points combined. Not a good way um, to start if you want. Seattle defense, fourth quarter, is prime time for Hopkins. Let's be real here. That's true. But, like, in general, I just, like, Barring an absolutely like forty point game from somebody on his team, which he does have a couple people that can do it, I I just don't see it in the cards for Vince this week because it's like even if Wilson has to play his bench guys, I like his bench guys more often than I like Vinny's guys. <laughs> so it's just like it's tough, but it is what it is. So we'll see. Vince did pick up randomly DJ Jalis and then just immediately benched him. I was um, and confused on that. But good on Vince, I guess, and uh, we'll see where we'll see what happens. The night is young yet. Yeah, absolutely. I'm. It, it sounds pretty clear that you're picking Wilson. I'm. I'm rolling the dice with Vince. I, you know, he's made, he made made a few trades this week. Both of those guys, like you said, are goose eggs as we speak. But the second half is where the Cardinals live. We all know how terrible or how much, at least, Seattle's defense gives up, those guys will bounce back. They'll be extra motivated. They'll be extra incentivized to go big. And he's got two big-time deep threat guys. Those guys, those are the 40-point burgers you're talking about. Those are going to happen. Patrick Mahomes is going to very uncomfortably, for Vince, tear Las Vegas apart. No Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And then they might just, they might just, they might, even if they have Le'Veon Bell, screw him. He, he doesn't have the offense yet, does he? Screw him. Pat Mahomes all day. He, some people might call him a system quarterback, but Pat Mahomes is going to fucking light it up. And that's why Vince is winning. Man, I mean, it's possible. He did just get what looks to be two points for John Dre Hopkins. So good on you, Vince. You're, you're on the board. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Um, but I guess that leads us to our game of the week, which obviously I'm confused why you led us down this path here, Tom. Um, we're going cash money versus Sir Luco in the battle of the Alejandros. Talk me through this one. Talk me through this. Okay. So this is obviously the game of the week because <laughs> as you said, they're, they're, they're both Alex's. That's always, that's always thrilling. Um, but but both of these guys are 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 moving on up and they're they're in oddly promising positions compared to say a few weeks ago. Like I was talking about earlier, Castro could get second in this division quite quite easily. He he's 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 tied with Vince right now and can and has got better matchups going forward. I'm 
you know. So obviously it's prime time for Castro. So we call the higher two game winning streak. He's got his top drafted running back, second game back, first game back last week, 126 yards. That was just a warm up for Nick Chubb. Yeah. All right. We're we're hosting Philly Sunday, Sunday morning. Nick Chubb is going to feast. It's going to be big time. Also, Luca. See, I don't know. I'm liking I'm liking Sir Luco's team the more I look at it just because of the random shit. Right? It's just like, okay, like Nick Chubb, he's a really good player. Um, Antonio Gibson, I like him with Alex Smith as a quarterback, especially against Cincinnati. Tim Patrick continues to somehow be fantasy relevant. I don't understand. Um, you know, he, he consistently gets you around like – he's like this year's version of Cole Beasley. So, like – not sexy, but gets you like a baseline performance. Right. You know, I personally love Crowder. I know other people don't. It's really just, it comes down to the, like the flex positions where it's like, I think Sirluco loses out, you know, Keenan Cole and Tyler Lockett versus John Brown, Marvin Williams. Well, I he can't, he can't right. play John Brown because he's out. My guess is he's going to play. Uh, um, FBS. Which, like, okay, right now, th- the way it is today, Devontae Adams is not practicing. If that's the case, that is a huge loss for Castro and a huge gain for Sir Luco, considering Alan Lazar just got back this week. So it's possible MVS is that wide receiver one for Green Bay going into the weekend. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. If if Adams ends up not being able to play, I might say it's uh, Sir Luco easily on this one. Yeah, that's gonna. Yeah, we're gonna have to be paying attention to the news for sure on this one. But if I had to pick right now, you know, I'm third time the charm, Kyle. Here, I am calling it three in a row for Sir Luco. Uh, that's a uh, that's a bold pick. I like it. Here's the thing. Sir Luca wins this week. He then becomes in the driver's seat. He still has a game against Acosta up for this year. Sir Luca could squeak his way. Like, for as much as we all made fun of Sir Luca, it is entirely possible he's still able to make the playoffs. So I like it. Uh, I am going to go the other way. I'm taking Castro, assuming Devontae Adams plays, to crush the Sir Luca dreams and try to make him be one of the worst five year runs in KCLC history. Saluco, I want you to think about Joe. I want you to think about what you're going to do to him when when you make the playoffs and you support your boy Joe and and keep him safe, right? That's 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 who you're fighting for, right? Your your pal. We we, we know you guys are are pretty close. So you got that 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 to believe in, okay, Saluco? Do it for Joe. <laughs> All right. So without much further ado, that's about what we got here for you this week. Tom, is there anything else you wanted to mention before we sign off here? Whatever it takes. I know it could make it. That was Tom Hart, your commissioner. Kyle Madaus, co-commissioner. This may be our last recording until after the thanksgiving break we'll see maybe you get something early tuesday morning we'll see after that it's 
downhill from here, boys. End of the season's upon us. Skull. Yep. Can you drink touchdown? <laughs> All right. Have a good night, everyone.